If you ever watch, there's a show on Disney Plus called Critter Fixers, these two guys that have this uh, vet clinic and they fix everything and they're awesome and uh, they're in Houston County there so um, that's awesome all right so we are in our series of building below the baseline looking at the foundation of our faiths um, and uh, and today you know there, what's the one thing we Christians all have in common yell stuff out okay that's wrong no <laughs> Yeah, yep, we're all Christians. We're, we're, we're the Christian life. We're, we're saved. We're Christians. Uh, we sin. Wish it was totally different. Wish that that sin muscle was extracted when we got saved and, and, and we just didn't have that problem anymore. But that's not God, how God designed us. He created free will, He didn't create robots. Yeah, um, he, he knew what was going to happen um, because he's omniscient and knows, every, knows all. Um, so, but he created Adam and Eve anyway. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I, I, you know, so, so we have, we have this, this thing with sin. Now, there's several ways we can deal with sin. There's several ways we can respond after sin. And we, can, we can either reject it and be stiff-necked or we can deal with repentance. And today we're going to talk about repentance. We're going to talk about um, dealing with sin and how uh, a proper, uh, a good way to respond and an example from the Bible. Now, King David was a man after God's own heart. God said that. Yet he sinned like anyone else. And some would say, big sins, ooh, Bathsheba and, and killing her husband, um, and we're going to deal with one that some people might say, why is that so bad? He just, you know, well, we'll find the root of, of the sin that we're going to talk about today. So we're going to be in 1 Chronicles 21. Uh, we have the whole chapter. I'm not going to spend time reading the whole thing. We'll, we'll hit the beginning and then we'll hit the highlights. Um, but I can, I'll explain this, the story here. Um, so uh, in uh, 1 Chronicles 21... Um, and Satan, verse 1, and sta Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David to number Israel. Remember that. And David said uh, to Joab and the rulers of the people, Go, number Israel from Beersheba to Dan and bring the number of them to me that I may know it. And Joab, his general, answered, The Lord make his people a hundred times so many more than as they be. But my lord the king, are they not all my lord's servants? Why then doth my Lord require this thing? Why will he be a cause of trespass to Israel? These are great questions that he's asking David. Nevertheless, the king's word prevailed against Joab. Wherefore, Joab departed and went throughout all Israel and came to Jerusalem. And Joab gave the sum of the number of the people unto David. And all they of Israel were a thousand thousand and a hundred thousand men that drew the sword. And in Judah... Uh, it was 400, threescore, and 10,000 that drew the sword. We're talking 11 mil, uh, 1, 1, 100,000 and 470,000 in, in, uh, in Judah. But Levi and Benjamin counted he not among them, for the king's word was abominable to Joab. And God was displeased with this thing before he, therefore, he smote Israel. We're dealing with, we're going to talk about repentance today. Right now, we have a picture of a situation 
uh, where uh, David has gone against God. His God, the one who put him on the throne, the one who protected him when he uh, fought Goliath, Amen. the one who, who uh, re re kept him in his kingdom and uh, chastised him, uh, corrected him when he sinned about, with Bathsheba. Uh, his God, he, he, this is a sin against his God. And Job gives us a great clue of, what's, what, of, of what, why it's wrong. Um, but we deal with sin in our lives. And, and if, if we didn't, we really wouldn't need to be here. We wouldn't need to be in the Bible. We wouldn't need to be praying to the Lord. Really, it's all done. We're, hey, we're, we're saved. We got our ticket. But, but we have to deal with this, this life, this carnal life that we have um, we don't have to live carnally, but, but we all deal with sin in our lives. And you can uh, deal with it in two ways. You can harden your hearts. And, and um, in Acts 7.51, ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did. So do, do ye. Um, but others might soften their hearts and repent. And in this case, we're going to see a great example of repentance. And uh, David had written before in Psalm 51.1, Have mercy upon me, O, Lord, o God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multiple, multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. This was after his sin with Bathsheba. So he, he has a heart to repent. It doesn't mean that he necessarily goes in because into sin of saying, oh, well, I'll just repent later. No, he was, but he does have a heart of repentance. So let's look at this picture of what happened. Now, we've talked about building below the baseline and the foundations of buildings. And many skyscrapers, when their foundation is very deep, but there's also this other little thing that happens with skyscrapers. When they build, um, uh, especially in windy areas, they, the, the foundation is actually almost on like a ball bearing. Um, there's some movement allowed in that foundation to deal with the stresses of winds and, and, uh, and climate and, and heat and cold and all those things. And so much like that ball bearing, which is there to, to help that, that, that building facilitate staying strong and staying in place, our heart needs to have the kind of the same uh, uh, reaction towards sin, so that we, so that when the Holy Spirit, because we all have, if you're saved, you've got the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's going to talk to you. You can either listen, or you can heed and uh, and be sensitive to His calling. So let's look at what David David did and went through. We have the rebellion of David. Number one, the rebellion of David. This rebellion was all based on pride. Pride is something that so much takes our life and gets involved. Pride cometh before the fall, typically. Um, uh, pride is a, is a sin that, that I believe almost everybody has to in some way deal with in their life. And David, this is the latter part of his life, and he's going to deal with pride. Um, so letter A, we have a planted thought. Where does the thought come from? It comes from Satan himself. Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David to number Israel. All sin starts with your thought life. And the devil knows it. 
and he is out to get the Christian. He is out to make you stumble. He is out to cause a, a division in your relationship with God. He knows he can't, he knows he can't pull us out, uh, out of heaven. He knows he can't send us to the fires of hell if you've been saved. But he does know that he can strain the relationship. And worse, in the straining of that relationship, he can cause a division to where you feel separated from God. And you are separated from God, and not because of God, because of us. Because we're, just, we're not sensitive to the Holy Spirit anymore. We're not sensitive to God's leading. So Satan is involved in this, and he was provoked. Now, it, there's a parallel passage in, in 2 Samuel. You, you really see that it was God that kind of pulled his hand off of David in this, in this case. And allowed, allowed Satan to do that. Um, uh, we had talked before about how... Um, the, the sons of God came to visit God and Satan was roaming and God met with him. And it says, wherefore you come, you, you know, roaming to and fro. And, he, and this is about Job when he was going to say, well, have you considered Job? Um, God will lift his hand and allow the devil to do test. Many, is it a test of our life? Maybe. And maybe we, we all need testing in our lives. A faith not, uh, not able to be tested can't be trusted, we said last week. So we have a planted thought by Satan himself. He provoked him. He, he provoked, he, he stood up and provoked. That's the same as saying he rose up against and he enticed, he allured. This always, sin always begins with our thoughts. Uh, in 2 Corinthians 10.5, it says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the advance of Christ. Satan places temptations in front of us that allure us to our flesh. Let no man say he is tempted. He is tempted. I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. This is James 1.13 and 15. Amen. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away from his own lust and enticed. And, then, and when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Uh, so Satan suggests the thoughts in, in his mind. And what does he do? Letter B, he does a precise count. A precise count. This is where he is not trusting God. Um, and he gets a great uh, reminder of that from Joab, his general. Now, Joab, um, so uh, it was in verse 2, And David said unto Joab the rulers, Go number Israel from Beersheba even to Dan, and bring the number of them to me that I may know it. This, the, the census would be of all males 20 years old or above that could carry the sword, that could, that could be... Um, it's not necessarily a, a, a count of every child. It's a count of the strength of your, your army. And so uh, he tells Joab, his general, who, who's his general, so he should know, right? I mean, I would think this would be a logical thing to do. What's the, what's the size of your army, uh, Joab? In this case, Joab would have said, whatever the Lord gives me. Now, Joab, he, he is a friend of David's. He, he's not always been faithful to David, what we find in the stories of the Bible. But in this case, he is being a very good friend. He's given David an out. Do you have a friend like that? I pray everybody 
has a Christian friend like that. And if you don't, be a Christian friend like that. And you will have Christian friends like that. We should all be able to encourage and provoke uh, or, or rebuke one another in love to do right. And in this case, he had Joab right there. He had an out. But his prideful heart got in the way. I, we, we don't know what the conversation was in between that line of him telling this and then saying, nevertheless, it, it prevailed. You don't know what happened in between there. I'd be curious how that, that went. I've been given orders I didn't like, didn't agree with. And you're just like... Well, or, or that's not a wise decision. It's, it's, it's not going to really help the business. And you're like, <clears throat> you know, but are you a, do you have a friend? Are you a friend? Uh, Proverbs 27, 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Amen. George Washington, one of the, the crossing of the Delaware, one of the most famous uh, paintings from, uh, from that war. Uh, during that preparation for that crossing, uh, a British spy found out what was happening. And he went to his commander, Colonel Rawl, uh, and warned him that the, the Americans, they're going to be crossing and they're going to attack. Colonel Rawl was too busy playing poker. And he didn't listen. And he thought in his pride, ha, they're not going to do anything. We're, we're so much greater than they they can't do anything. He did not heed his warning. And as a result, a surprise attack fell upon Colonel Rawl and his men. And 100 of his men died in that battle. And only nine, uh, and, and 900 were captured. But George Washington only lost seven. If he would have listened to the intelligence and the, and the, the words of a, of a soldier, of a friend. So God uses... Uh, his word today to identify sin in our hearts. And sometimes we ignore it. Many times we ignore it. Proverbs 1, 30-31. They, uh, they would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. Do you listen to the Holy Spirit? David, the Holy Spirit was right in front of him right there. It was Job. <laughs> or uh, Joab. And, and he could have listened. He didn't. Nevertheless, the king's word prevailed against Joab. So this root of pride caused him, was the ultimate reason for his sinning. So we have the rebellion of David, but we have the repentance of David. Boy, he could have just skipped this whole part had he listened to Joab. The repentance of David. In Chronicles 21, 7, and God was displeased with this thing. Uh, so... When we sin, we lose control. Like I said, God did not, not create robots. He created uh, free, free will. But when we do sin, when we choose a path that is against God, we also lose control of any of the consequences. And we're going to see what happens here. Um, so number, letter A, he acknowledged his sin. He acknowledged his sin. Uh, verse 8. And David said unto God, I have sinned greatly because I have done this thing. But now I beseech thee, do away with the iniquity of thy servant, for I have done very foolishly. Uh, he had a humble prayer to God. 
And this is before any consequences have happened. He realized in his heart, I have sinned. Joab said, God will take care of any battle we ever need. We don't need to count this, basically. And he wouldn't listen. And then he counted. And I, I believe as those numbers came in, he went, what have I done? And David's heart smote him, and this is in, uh, in verse 10. And David's heart smote him after he had numbered the people. And David said unto the Lord, I have sinned greatly in that I have done. And now I beseech thee, O Lord, take away the iniquity of thy servant, for I have done very foolishly. And really, that's what it is. Sin and pride, all that is foolishness. We don't have to. Why does it allure us so much? And so, uh, repentance is always an acknowledgement of our sin. And, he, uh, and it, so much it hurt him so much, it was like he said it smote his heart, smote him. It's as if getting punched in the, in the chest. He was hurt so much. So, David, so he acknowledged his sin. Against thee, thee only have I sinned. This was from Psalm 51, 4, when he, it's talking about Bathsheba. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightst be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Um, he acknowledged his sin, and it's not the first time. Luckily, and well, actually not luckily, it's because we have a God that loves us. He's faithful to forgive us of our sins when we confess our sins. In John, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just not just faithful, he's just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So David, he acknowledges sin. When we sin, we need to acknowledge it. Go to the Lord immediately and acknowledge it. And he accepted his consequences. We need to be prepared for the consequences. Sin always has consequences. So Gad, and here we find what they are. In 1 Chronicles 21, 11 through 14, just to summarize here, and Gad came to David and said unto him, uh, uh, saith the Lord, choose thee either three years of famine, three months uh, to be destroyed before thy foes, while, while that the sword of thine enemies overtaketh thee, or else three days of the sword of the Lord, even the pestilence in the land, and the angel of the Lord destroying throughout all the coasts of Israel. Um, and, and so he basically got three choices. Three choices. Three years of famine, three months of uh, battle and loss of life with his, uh, to his foes, or three days of the Lord's battle, pestilence in his life from the Lord. God chastens us because he's a mean and evil God. No. God chastens us because he loves us. Amen. We chasten our children because we love them. We want to correct them in whatever wrong they're doing so that they learn not to do wrong, so they learn uh, uh, the right way. Um, God loves us, and he loved David. It didn't say that God's love for David stopped. Praise the Lord. He wasn't done with David yet. Amen. But he was going to have to be uh, chastened. It's part of God's love. Uh, Hebrews 12, uh, 5 and 6, uh, verse 6, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. N and now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous. And I don't see anybody smiling about the chastening they're getting. 
but grievous nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. So we have, uh, uh, he's rebuked, he's chastened because God loved him. God loves us. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. God's telling you, repent. I know you're going to sin. Repent. I know you're going to sin again. Repent. I know you're going to sin again. Repent. Amen. Don't sin because you know you're going to repent, but repent. So he acknowledged his sin. He accepted his consequences. Now he had to intercede for his people. He interceded for his people because it didn't just affect him. Chronicles 6, uh, 21, 16, 17. He lifted, he, David lifted up his eyes and saw the angel of the Lord between, stand between the earth and heaven, having drawn a sword in his hand, stretching over Jerusalem. And da then David and the elders who were clothed in sackcloth fell on their faces. And David said unto God, it is, not, is it not I that commanded the people to be numbered? Even I it is that sin, have sinned and done evil indeed. But as for these sheep, my people, what have they done? Let thine hand, I pray thee, O Lord, my God, be on me and my father's house, but not on these people, that they should be plagued. He loved his people, but he saw the fallout from his sin. They would take the brunt of the, of the, the, the correction. There's always fallout with sin. Uh, parents, there's always fallout with sin. Husbands and wives, there's fallout with sin. Maybe before we go into sin, because again, it starts with thought life, we just need to think four or five steps down the road. That might help. So we had the rebellion of David, the repentance of David. Finally, we have the remembrance of David. Uh, very interesting here that uh, David needs to, he, he, he needs to keep this Beyond the just repent and move on, he needs he needs to uh, he needs to make a sacrifice. Thankfully, we don't make a sacrifice in the physical sense, in the in the burning sense uh, anymore. Christ did that for us. We have the blood of Christ. It washes away our sins. It saves us um, uh, for heaven, and it cleanses us daily. The blood of Christ. His son cleanses us from all sin, John 1, 7. So we're going to have a situation here in Chronicles. Then the angel of the Lord commanded Gad to say to David that David should go up and set up an altar unto the Lord in the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. So God knows exactly where he wants him to be, where he wants him to set up a, 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 an altar. And David went up at the saying of Gad, which he had spake in the name of the Lord, and Ornan turned back and saw the angel and his four sons with him hid themselves. Now Ornan was threshing wheat. And David came to Ornan. Ornan looked and saw David and went out of the threshing floor and bowed himself to David with his face to the ground. Uh, so uh, we have uh, David being directed by Gad, directed by God to build an altar. You're going to need to sacrifice and, and, uh, to, to cleanse this, this sin. And this is going to restore fellowship. And like I said, we have Christ's blood that restores fellowship immediately. Satan will never remind us of that. He's, always, he's a liar. And he's always going to tell us, you're sent, boy, you're separated, you're done. Okay, you made it to heaven, you got ticket punch, but you're done. You're useless. 
It's a lie. It's a lie. This, uh, it's interesting, this place, why, why God called him to go to this place, Ornan's th- the threshing floor of Ornan. Uh, it's a place where Abraham sacrificed his son Isaac. And the Lord met him and says, said, no. He was obedient to God. It's also a place where Solomon, his, David's son, would build the temple in that very same plot of land. It's interesting how God has it all tied together. Amen. It wasn't just some happenstance, build an altar. It was, he had a plan. And in, in Chronicles 3.1, 2 Chronicles, we see the, the story of, of Solomon building that, the temple there. So, so in, this, in this, re, uh, this remembrance, we see David's sacrifice was costly. Uh, it was costly. Then David said to Ornan, Grant me the place of this threshing floor that I, that I may build an altar therein unto the Lord. Thou shalt grant it to me for full price that the plague may be stayed from, from the people. And Ornan said to David, take, take it to thee and let my Lord the king do that which is good in thine eyes. Lo, I give thee the oxen also for burnt offerings and the threshing uh, instruments for wood and the wheat for the meat offering. I give it all. Wow, what a great deal. I probably would have taken it. I mean, that is Ramsey approved right there. I'm just saying, you know, hey, we just got something free. You know, we just, hey, wow, okay, cool. It's not going to cost me a thing. It wouldn't have been his offering. It would have been Ornan's. It would have been Ornan's. Ornan loved David. He loved his King David. He knew he was a man after God's own heart, I believe. And so he, he wanted to be a blessing. Praise the Lord for him. Praise the Lord for him. But it was going to cost something. It wasn't going to cost the nation of Israel. It was going to cost David something for this. He sinned. He's going to pay for it. And so, so, David, uh, uh, so David does not take the, the offering. You know, uh, people give in different ways. You know, there was, a, there was a sign where a church was having a ham and eggs uh, breakfast uh, for their people. And a pig and a, and, a, and a chicken walked by, and, and the chicken said, wow, that's so sweet. We get to be a part of the blessing of that church. He said, well, that's, yeah, yeah you're, you're, a, you're giving a, a little donation. I'm, you know, this is going to be costing my life. You know? That's easy for you to say. I'll be making a sacrifice. But it's going to cost something. So David's sacrifice was going to be costly. He needed to pay for this. It couldn't be Ornan's gift. It couldn't be Ornan's uh, uh, donation, his, his sacrifice, his uh, offering to the Lord. But it's also going to be personal. David's sacrifice is going to need to be personal. And King David said to Ornan, Nay, but I will verily buy it for full price. Amen. For I will not take that which is thine for the Lord, nor burnt offerings without cost. Amen. He was... Uh, Ornan, uh, he's the owner of the land. He stood to make a lot of money. And he offered to give it for free. But David said, I can't do it. He refused the land without buying it. And he wasn't going to buy it at bargain price either. We weren't going to haggle over it. You know, sometimes you, you, you know you've been given a great opportunity. You don't even haggle for it. We got, we got offered, uh, went, I'll just, just testimony. We were, we were, when we finally bought a home, after getting out of the military, we didn't want to. We didn't want to uh, buy a house while we were in the military, moving around every two years, and so uh, through all these 
for a year working different deals and trying to get homes and getting discouraged and things like that. Uh, finally, we get called about a home that we had asked year, almost a year before. And, uh, and would you like to buy our home? And Cheryl's like, I think so. So we, we, uh, we go and visit the homeowners and, and uh, it's the home we're in today. And, but when we walked out of that meeting with the homeowners, we walked and I called my real, realtor and I said, hey, we're going to buy this home and we're going to pay whatever they ask because they asked us and I think the Lord's in it. And so we got a great deal, but, but we, I said, we're not even going to haggle. We're going we're gonna to, and, and that's, that's what David's saying. I'm going to pay whatever it costs because this is going to be costly and it's going to be personal and I'm going to take care of it. So he's not going to take this uh, uh, free gift. So David gave to Ornan, this is verse 25, uh, there 600 shekels of gold by weight. Ornan is a rich man. And David built there an altar unto the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings and called upon the Lord. And he answered him from heaven by fire upon the altar of, of burnt offerings. I think Ornan was blessed because of his reaction towards this whole thing. He was serving his king and he wanted to be a part of the help. Hey, let me be a part. That was great. That was great. But no, I'm going to pay you. And he got blessed for his attitude towards this. I don't know what it would have been like had Ornan said, no, this is mine. I've never given up. It's in my family. Did you know that uh, uh, Abraham sacrificed Isaac here? There's some, you know, he didn't do any of that. He was ready to give it, give it. But God blessed him. So contrast our tendencies to when we give something to cut corners. What's the minimal I can give? What's the, oh, 10% tithe? Let's get that down to the penny, you know? Um, and I've been there. I've done it. Um, but contrast that to the folks in, in Corinth, how they, in great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and, and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. It's the only time I like the word liberal. Um, for to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they are willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we should receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. That was in 2 Corinthians 8. Cut corners, or you give of your own selves to the Lord. So we're... David is a great example of sinning, repenting, and remembering. But it, there's, an, there's a final part of it to see that God is in it. And this is what we, we all need when it comes to our lives and when it comes to our, our thought and our sin life. And the Lord commanded the angel and he put up his sword against, uh, again into the sheath thereof. This is in 27-28 as we're finishing the chapter. And at, at that time, David saw that the Lord had answered him in the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite. Then he sacrificed there. If you go to, back to verse 26, um, he offered the sacrifice and it says, And he answered him, God, answered him from heaven by fire upon the altar Amen. of burnt offering. When was the last time we saw fire upon the altar? Elijah? I mean, fire came down. That's a great answer. I wish we got those answers today. <laughs> but we can't ask for that. God, I need the fire of your, your, your holiness and your love. In my, I need your power in my life. And we have access to it. 
And that's what David got. I hope there was a recharge in David's life after this. He lost 70,000 people. It was a great cost for his sin. But he repented and he made it right, right with his God. And when we sin, when our thought life takes control of us, we need to get control of it. We need to think several steps down. I pray we have a friend. Maybe we need to go to somebody and say, I'm struggling. And they can encourage you. But then we just need to ask for God's power in our life. And he gives it to us. He does. And he, 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 let's ask him, hey, don't lift your hand. Don't let the devil come in. Put your hand around me. Well, hedge of protection. I don't like hedge. Put a wall of protection around me. You know? So a, a picture of repentance. It's something that we hope we never have to do. But we need to do it when we're in the wrong, when we're separated from God. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for uh, the stories in the, in the Bible that help us see how we need to react to sin in our life and how we can restore our fellowship with you, Lord. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being uh, long-suffering in our lives. Uh, over and over and over, you are long-suffering. You love us, and you want us uh, to be holy, to be like you, Lord. Lord, I just thank you for this class. I thank you for the people. And I pray, Lord, that if there's someone here, they've been coming to class, maybe this first time, they're coming, and they don't know you and have that assurity in their life. I pray that this morning is the morning that they get that right and they come to, to know you as their holy, holy Savior. Lord, we love you. I ask that you just be in the next hour, be in this uh, small time of fellowship between. And uh, Lord, uh, just bring a message for our hearts. And just, Lord, we look forward to the wonderful things you have in store for us today. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, folks. Got folks going to class. And, uh,